0: And hello, everyone. Um, I'm delighted uh, to reignite the Founders on Fire interviews. Uh, my name is Rose Ross, and I'm the Chief Trailblazer and founder of the awards. And I'm delighted to kick the series off with Brad Hussar from EQFI. How are you, Brad?
1: I'm well, Rose. Thank you for having me on the show.
0: Well, I'm delighted that. Um, Equify were winners of our blockchain trailblazers last year and the very exciting time for you. Cause I know we were the only accolade that you acquired, but I'm very much looking forward to finding out a little bit more about the sort of the revolution you've been helping to create in um, decentralized finance and a little more about, you know, maybe what your plans are and what you've been up to recently. So. Perhaps you could start, Brad, with just giving you a little bit of a snapshot of you and how you've kind of got to where you are with the organization on a personal level.
1: That's, that's, a, um, that's a long story. I'll try to compact, uh, give you a compact version of it and compress it as much as I can. Um, I, uh, I started my love affair with technology and entrepreneurship at a very early age. Uh, I learned programming, started writing software, uh, sold that, the software, and, and realized that I can create something valuable that other people want. That was my eureka moment. And it's like you know, when you when you bake someone, and your friends say, "Hey, can I can I get more of this? Like, I'll pay you if you could uh, create a tray of these pastries or another loaf of this bread for me." And and I felt the same way. I felt like my peers actually care about what I created and are using it daily for for their businesses. So that was really exciting. That started my journey. And since then, I've been uh, building technology. I got involved with um, pretty much every big technological um, innovation and era during my lifetime, from personal computers to internet to big data to now, um, Blockchain and and cryptography and and decentralized finance as a as a result, and Equify is uh, my fifteenth company that I started with my co-founder uh, Jason Blick, and uh, it it came to be because um, we saw a huge gap between traditional finance and banking that is still to this day a little resistance to accept and embrace these uh, innovative products and services that are being launched in the space and uh, a need for regular folk to access those products and services because there's some um, groundbreaking things happening in defi decentralized finance and and with uh, um, cryptocurrencies and uh, alternative assets but if you don't have the technical know-how it's um it's like a foreign language you know people look at it and they say well i do want eight percent returns i do want 10 percent returns i have no clue what a digital wallet is i have no clue what a blockchain is and i don't know where to start so when we saw that divide that gap between the two the opportunity the traditional systems and what we can do we decided let's bring the two together and and create a platform that's going to be easy to use, encompass uh, pretty much every banking and financial need uh, uh, someone would have, and and you know give it a try. And I really, well, your your the award we received from you and your show was was one of the ones that that means the most to me, just because we see ourselves as trailblazers. There's no other uh, bank. Uh, fully licensed bank that's uh, doing DeFi and there's no other DeFi platform that has a uh, banking license. And and so we feel like we are blazing a path for others, hopefully for others to follow and, and to make these products and services uh, a part of everyone's everyday life.
0: Oh. Well, I mean, it sounds like you're legitimizing something that has been a little bit of a a dark art or a bit of a magic trick. For some people, that's where it's been perceived. And there's a lot of, I guess, resistance, isn't there? And, and skepticism. Um so yeah, so it, it's going to see that. So you're based um in LA. Um a lot of the work that you're doing is is based out of the Caribbean. I'm getting very jealous because you've got an awful lot of lovely locations where you're based. Um, and he mentioned Jason, so my accent won't be too much of a surprise. You will understand what I'm saying because Jason is British from what I've seen and heard of, of what he does. Um,
1: and I, I lived in London several years, so I'm, I'm very familiar with, uh, the accent and the culture, yes.
0: Well, I'm feeling like we're very global at the moment because um, obviously you've traveled to the States and, and built an amazing career and, and many amazing businesses over there. So I heard one singer saying about decentralized finance is worth about 100 billion at the moment, but that sounds like a lot of money and I wouldn't say no to that clearly. Um, but globally, the banking industry itself is 130 trillion, which sounds a lot. A little bit more even more attractive as a little win. So um obviously DeFi is is growing. Um and we're seeing lots of really innovative stuff that you guys are, are, are doing at the moment. I've got to put this down as the first. The first financial hub of the metaverse, so the 3D internet. So that sounds like quite an interesting development of late
1: well yeah it was it it was actually an organic and natural uh, evolution of our original genesis idea um initially we sat down and we said we need to bridge the divide between traditional banking and DeFi. we have to do it because they're they're incredible projects in DeFi where um don't have access to banking and bank rails which is uh, affecting their growth and their ability to reach their potential user base. And there are a lot of bank products that would uh, benefit from having a DeFi component, a, an element of decentralized um, uh, returns attached to it and, and things like that. So that's where we started. Then as we started uh, building, we looked at it and we realized, well, even within the DeFi space, There are so many different blockchains. There are so many different uh, assets that one has to uh, at least be aware of Mm -hmm. to make the most of it. So we decided, okay, we're going to be the hub for DeFi too across all different blockchains. We're going to connect them together and we're going to make those transitions seamless so you don't have to know where your yield is coming from. You don't need to say, oh, my yield is coming from... a. Uh, liquidity pool on Ethereum or Solana or Binance Smart Chain, you just earn an interest and hopefully one that uh, makes your life uh, easier and happier. And that's the extent. You don't need to know which wallet we create and what pool we go to to generate that. Uh, As long as we're transparent and of course accountable with our actions, the end user shouldn't have to worry about it. And then the metaverse explosion happened and, and we started seeing a new metaverse idea pop up almost every week and uh, people creating incredible things in this virtual realm so we thought well eventually people are going to need financial services in the world virtual uh, environment there, there, it, it, there is going to come a time where the things they want to buy even though they're virtual are going to be too expensive for them to buy And then what do they do they're gonna look for mortgages they're gonna look for loans they're gonna look for opportunities to finance those and the same thing as you know when you go out these days you don't carry a lot of cash with you you're not walking around with a big wallet you just have one plastic card that you know is gonna cover your daily expenses and you use that so that gives you the peace of mind that you know you're not you're not going to be cut out from the value you created in your life. Uh, and you don't have to create the physically risky situations. It's, it's similar in the um, metaverse. You want to have access to the value you create either in the metaverse or in real life when you need it. So we thought how cool it would be to have a hybrid debit card where the same card that you have in the physical, space in your real life actually exists in the metaverse too and you can use it the same way you would use it um, that that you're used to using it so we we do really deep into uh that space and started connecting the financial rails of different metaverses just because you know um just for your listeners not all metaverses accept the same currencies most metaverses have their own currency so if you were to work in one metaverse and earn their local currency and create some value, it's not immediately available to you in another metaverse. And even worse, it's not immediately available to you in the real life. So let's say you did a virtual job, and these are coming fast um, and quick, uh, and and you got paid. Now you have this... Um, virtual currency of the metaverse you worked in and you want to pay your rent how do you do it now the way you do it is you have to go to an exchange that uh hopefully accepts that currency for another cryptocurrency that you can uh trade for fiat you need to do that trade and then you need to take that um currency and find an exchange that allows you to uh offboard the, that value onto your bank account, and and now convert it to fiat. So that's two conversion points. Then you need to uh, pray to God that your uh, bank is not gonna reverse that wire and say, oh, this is crypto gains and we don't accept it, and allows you to use it to pay your rent or buy food. We wanted to short circuit all that, simplify it, and now if you work in a metaverse that we support, the, that we bank, you can immediately go to the cafe next door and buy some coffee or write a check to your landlord with an EkiBank Bank account and, you know, they get paid. You don't have to worry about how many exchanges happened and how complicated it was and someone denied uh, your Wire or Swift or, you know, IBAN transfer to happen. And these things happen to uh, people who invested and use um, cryptocurrencies all the time. It's it's not like... uh, outlier Uh, every day we hear from people who support what we're doing and are excited because they tried to do it with their existing bank they tried to do it with uh the existing systems in place and it failed them
0: so i mean i'm having real player one sort of moments here (laughs) but you know reality is is not very far behind a lot of the stuff we've seen in movies over the years um and i can totally get that you know, it reminds me of, you know, the way that banks weren't trusted and people still stuffed money in their mattress. So now the banks are the mattresses, kind of, Uh, in some ways, in some ways. So things are moving forward quickly. So, I mean, you've talked a lot about what you're doing, which I would just say sounds incredible. I mean, I can't cope with one life. I don't think I can quite step into the metaphors just yet. I'm pretty busy doing the job I'm doing at the moment. But it does sound a very, very exciting time. You guys must be pretty, pretty keen on, you know, sharing all these amazing things. And and this isn't the first time you've done something great like this, Brad. So I'd really like just to to get a sense from you on what you know in fifteen companies that you've set up. Um, what have you learned along the way that you'd like to share with other people who are maybe, you know, just on their first time round as a startup founder? Maybe they're, they're founding a business in the metaverse. Clearly, they need to bank with you, of course, but...
1: There is so much um, that I would like to share, but main takeaways are um, finding the right partner. Mm. No one person can build a... Uh, 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 a really global business, a large business. You can have a lifestyle business by yourself and take care of your life and your family and your needs, and that's great if that's what you wanna do. That's perfectly fine. But if you wanna do something impactful, you need to have an incredible support mechanism, and that's your team, that's your founding partners. So uh, every time I face challenges, um, we either were able to overcome them because I had the right partners, or we couldn't, and that, those challenges uh, actually, um, you know, marked the end of that business venture uh, because of not having the right partners. So it's it's very um, very important to have complementary skill sets in in the founders. You know, if you're a technical founder, don't go and find another technical founder because you get along well and, you know, you speak each other's language. No, go out of your uh, comfort zone and find a business person, find an operations person because these are key elements that eventually come back and either um, make you succeed or, or create uh, insurmountable challenges for you. Um, the, the second is the way I started my first business is I saw a need. I went to a retail shop. I saw a computer next to a cash register. These were old school, you know, green screen, just digits, cash registers. And I looked at it and I said, that computer can do what the cash register does minus the cash drawer. Perfectly fine. Why is there two machines? So. Even without knowing that you should pre-sell your product, because this was my first business and I was a little kid, I went to a bunch of stores. When I saw the same setup, I asked them, I said, hey, if I could create something that allows you to get rid of the register, would that be interesting? Would you even care about something like that? The computer doing the cash register and accounting and, you know, um, invoicing functions. And 100% of the time, people said yes. Like that would be phenomenal. We'll gain so much more um, counter space that it's valuable to us. So I would say always try to assess product market fit before you get too excited about something. We all, uh, I mean, anyone with an entrepreneur or entrepreneurial mindset, we get excited about our ideas all the time. We think of something, we're like, oh, this can change the world. But in practice, will it really appeal to people who, whom you think are going to use your product or service? And if you don't have that visibility, we see a lot of startups fail just not because they don't build what they say they're going to build, not because what they built doesn't work, but because there's no business need for it. They built something, there's such a niche market for it or really no demand that they can't sell it. So good partners, product market fit, and and finally, I believe in doing a lot of homework. You know, the saying, let's measure twice, cut once. And, and you know, in my case, let's measure 10 times and then not even cut, but maybe do 3D modeling and, and we still preserve our materials. I, I think that has um, helped me probably avoid a lot of pitfalls um, just because the initial idea, the initial um, expectations you, you set forward or the parameters for your business uh, may not be the ones that are going to have longevity and survive. So it's, it's very important to get data. I'm a big data person. Mm-hmm. Get feedback and A-B test what, um, what you're building, what you're um, trying to sell, and And create as a business, uh, because without that approach, again, it it goes back directly back to the product market fit. It goes directly back to not having the right partners, right if If you go in and do not assess every step of the way, is this the right path or am I wearing off? Should I pivot or is this something that I should really uh, stick to? I think that helps a lot, Uh, and it comes from experience. You know, your first business, you're either successful or not. Uh, If you're successful, you enjoy that success, but you learn very little. If you're not successful, you learn a lot, but of course, you had a failure now, so you have to overcome that personally, And, and I think I've learned much more from ventures that didn't go as planned and and failed, so to speak, because um, I, you know I don't look at uh, uh, any of those as a failure or or waste of time, but they did not yield the expected financial results, so we had to stop, um, you know, spending time on them. I I I think, you know, as you get those experiences under your belt, um, hopefully you build those processes. Uh, for yourself where you have a process and you find the right partners as a result of it. You have a process to A-B test and you find the right MVP, right product as a result of it. And you have a process where you get some market validation either pre-launch at the idea stage or at the MVP stage and and you take that to the heart and, and based on that make uh, sound business decisions. I think those are the most important three things starting a business. On the investment side, um, I'd say, you know, just I invest in things I understand. I tried investing in um, industries that I don't have a lot of experience or insight into, and every time I um, failed miserably. Because, you know, if if you can tell uh, how the, the investment is gonna go and how this opportunity is gonna play out in five, 10 years, There are a lot of people who happily take your money and uh, run with it.
0: Well, we don't want that. Don't want
1: that. No, no.
0: So, you know, that's been really, really valuable. I think there's some great hints and tips in that. Um, What can you say about what your future plows, what trailblazing are you doing in 2022 that you can talk about?
1: Well, we have a lot of exciting things coming up. And if I announce them now, probably my marketing and, and PR teams would. Somebody's popping down on your head and be like, okay, you don't need us. You're making random announcements out of calendar. So uh, we're going to go work somewhere else. But all joking aside, um, we still haven't connected the, the, the different um, platforms that. Uh, create our tech stack, our our, um, overarching idea together the way I want it. So right now we have uh, full digital banking services. That's one login. We have um, Equify's uh, DeFi products and services. That's one login and we have a separate login for um, people who have our uh, cards. I wanna combine those three under one roof. So when, when we started this and I, I was talking to people and they were saying, this is a great idea, what's, what's, the, um, you know, what's the vision? My vision was one login for all your financial needs. You log in, you have your bank accounts, you have your cards, you have your wallets, you can go between the two. If one day you feel, hey, I should buy uh, you know, a Bitcoin or, or an Ethereum, you just click on one button, you say one and it's done. You don't have to worry about what exchange am I going to go, you know, can I do this? How do I do this? Because we do all of the KYC, AML, international global compliance and everything. Uh, We want to give our customers the peace of mind that if there is any kind of legal uncertainty around either crypto assets or any banking and financial products we have, we protect them that's the it's our job to protect our users it's not their job to figure out can i buy bitcoin is it allowed in my country or can i open a bank account and and uh will that bank account work with uh, why my needs and things like that so we have a very extensive questionnaire and onboarding process that allows us to really get to um understand our our users needs and we want to be the good custodians, good uh, guardians of of um, their wealth and 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 financial well-being. So that's gonna take till the end of the year because it's a complicated process. No one has married banking core uh, banking software with uh, decentralized finance before. There are uh, technical challenges. There are uh, accounting ch- challenges. I mean, every day we're creating something new that. Uh, to my knowledge, no one else has created before, so we have to, you know, bring all the accounting standards because we're licensed, regulated. We get audited yearly, and we need to be able to um, prepare those audits and and submit them and get them reviewed and and uh, authenticated and all these things in the past um, have been done in in some capacity, but not to the extent we needed. So. We're building a lot of uh, backend software that ties the pieces together, which is super exciting for me. It's very unsexy for the end user because they don't see anything. They're like, hey, the platform hasn't changed in two months. What are you guys doing? Did you abandon the project? And it's hard for me to explain to them that we created a brand new CRM. We created a brand new accounting software. And, and um, you know, it, it's been very hard um, to show the backend work to the people who are just looking at the products and services, but we do a lot of work on the back end. We want to build a a bank-grade DeFi platform that actually um, is able to scale and and, um, have the same protections that you would expect from your local bank branch. Because just like you said, there's a lot of skepticism, there's a lot of... um, issues with hackings and and exploits and people losing money and and now to uh, compound that in and unfortunately uh, you know reflect poorly on crypto as a whole we have the bankruptcies that are happening which are normal I mean we had bankruptcies in the banking world a couple of decades ago I mean there were hundred plus banks in the United States. And now we have less than a dozen, because a lot of them went bankrupt and got consolidated and acquired. So this happens in any industry, but because it's happening in crypto right now with some of the very well known uh brands, it we have to fight through that and educate mm-hmm. people. So for the rest of the year, we have a couple very exciting partnerships that are coming up in the esports um Arena that uh, we're going to announce very shortly. And uh, of course, we'll keep you.
0: You're uh, now getting the marketing team very nervous.
1: (laughs) And, 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 yeah, go ahead. No, carry on, please. I was going to say, and we have um, outside of the platform uses that we are excited to announce uh, for our token because uh, a lot of the times the token is our main um activation tool on our platform if you're going to use the platform and you have tokens and you deploy them a certain way it makes all the products and services better cheaper um you know higher rates higher limits and and it plays a very important role on our platform but we don't want to stop there. We want to make sure our token has um, continued value and use cases beyond the platform. So we're working on those. We're working on the technology side and, and just the growth. I think bear markets are um, incredible times to grow if, if you can, if you have uh, prepared yourself. And I want to believe you know we're in a um, very strong position to do that.
0: Fantastic. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about? Anything maybe that we haven't, you know, covered either from your founder experience or from from what you guys are doing? You know, you've given us some little little morsels of some of the stuff to to expect. Or is there anything that you're really pleased about having achieved over the last twelve months? I mean, obviously, we announced you as winners back in November. You know, it sounds like things are moving at a cracking pace. I'm sure there have been things that, you know, weren't included in your original application.
1: Well, I'm very proud of the team we have. It is a grueling life to be a part of a startup. we are uh, a more mature startup. We have a lot of experienced people, but we're still a startup. And there are times where I have to ask my development team to work on the weekends. Uh, there are times where I need to ask my marketing team to be on market watch on the weekends, and everyone does it, and and that's that's that type of uh cohesion is is incredible. Um, a- as far as the accolades, we really appreciate it. I mean, we don't do it for the accolades. We're we're trying to change uh banking and finance forever and make it uh much more uh beneficial to the end user, uh, higher rates, uh, more access globally, um, better experience. And, and it's, it's a really difficult task. So, um, you know, I'd say hopefully we'll continue these uh, conversations every year, every six months, and we can give you updates on how much was accomplished. But, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, we've uh, hit all our milestones. Some may be, uh, week or two later, because there were um you know issues that we had to address before deploying uh that that uh specific uh sprint but uh you know we're working hard and it it's uh it's it's an exciting time because what I would like to share with your listeners is markets are cyclical. You know everyone is doom and gloom right now because the stock markets have, have uh, collapsed crypto markets have collapsed and everyone's like oh this is the end of this end of that i've been hearing it's the end of bitcoin for um almost 12 years now since i've been in it every every year bitcoin dies and then comes back up just like a phoenix so i i think uh i think for those who, who are maybe a little concerned and, and um, stressed, which, which is normal, uh, always think about the long-term, the, the cycles in every industry, stock market industries, bond markets, um, crypto. There are always cycles and uh, a successful entrepreneur, a successful investor is successful because they have the longevity to endure those cycles. If you can stay in crypto, if you are already, and not panic sell right now, in two years, you're going to be rewarded because that's going to be one cycle. Um, if if you can stay in the stocks you have right now, probably in four or five years, you're going to look back at your portfolio and say, wow, I got really good returns. And, and um, you know, that's that's the overarching message that, that I would want to say. Um, stay, stay positive and, and, um, do some homework because if you look at the markets, if you, you know, study them, you'll see that they're cyclical. These crashes all always happen. And then, um, you know, people get excited about different things and then the markets pick back up and the people who lose the most are, uh, those who are trying to time the market and have knee jerk reactions, both as an entrepreneur and as an investor, that's not the that's a lot of the winning strategy. So that's that's you know that comes up all the time, and uh, obviously it's not uh, directly tied to Equify or anything like that. But I always want to share that because people say, "What are you guys going to do now?" Like you know, DeFi is dead, crypto is dead, stock markets are dead, and I'm like, they're not. It's we're just going through a bear cycle, and it's going to play out the way it it, it will, and then we're going to be in a really good positive cycle and if you're building something now is the time to build it so you're ready for the next run if if you have some money and you're trying to decide what do i do with it putting it in a mattress is probably the worst idea because it's being devalued but you can go to a platform like equify and and maybe use one of our conservative products and still earn a yield on on the money you have, on the value you created without worrying about the market conditions. And that's, you know, that's the end goal, be the financial portal for all your needs roads.
0: Wow. I did have one other question, actually, because I was curious, because obviously it's a mobile, um, you know, it's online. So, you know, where are you seeing the growth and were you seeing a truly global sort of embracing of this approach or? Are you seeing some countries where the people are much more receptive to it?
1: Um, For us, we kind of um, started as a global platform and company. So growth has come from a couple of places that uh, adopted uh, DeFi much uh, quicker and extensively than others. Um, for us, we've seen incredible interest from Middle East, from Europe, um, North America, and a, a little bit in in Asia. Now, I think the growth can come from anywhere. It's just um, where you decide to focus your educational efforts in. Again, it, whether you're you're in crypto or not, when you have something innovative. Um, there's a lot of uh, fear and, and uncertainty. People don't always understand it. So what what uh, I've seen work the best is educating people. Because if I can get you to a point where you feel you have enough understanding of what we're doing and how we're doing it and why it's beneficial to you, the chances that you will um, give us a chance and give yourself a chance to have a better banking uh, opportunity, a better uh, return on on your savings. And then once that happens, then it's the results. Once you keep seeing the results, the confidence grows and the relationship grows. Um, unfortunately, it's very hard to do that on a global scale because of the language barriers, cultural barriers. So you need to pick and choose, okay, what market, what, what population are we gonna um, educate next? And then see the results and for us it has been let's start with um where we see uh traffic come from our initial interested parties and then expand from there and and so right now we we have uh, six or seven really strong supportive markets and another dozen that we are going to expand into for the rest of the year now I can't tell you if the other dozen is going to surpass the existing ones, uh, fall behind, because our approach of educating takes time, and and we're we're comfortable with that. You know, we we never wanted to onboard a million people overnight, and then you know they're confused and they don't really understand and they're stressed, and then they offboard because there's like this panic movement. They um, jump in because they have fear of missing out and then they jump out which happens to a lot of DeFi projects not so much banks but uh we wanted to have a more steady and and um long-term growth so so we're doing a lot of education and seeing a lot of um middle sparks here and there we're going to expand on those and I think uh, this year we may see um an additional front in Northern Africa open up because there's a lot of uh, uh, fine, fintech innovation in Africa right now. Uh, a lot of the people are saying, I don't wanna carry cash anymore. You know, I don't wanna have to have cash on me to access the wealth I created. It's not safe. I don't wanna do it. The technology's here. I have a phone. Why can't I use my phone to do it? So we wanna be a part of that uh, evolution there um, there's a lot of concerns in different parts of the world about um, government restrictions on money flow. Obviously, with the unfortunate events of this year, uh, some markets are cut off and things like that, and and that's affecting everyone. You know, obviously, I'm not talking about uh, sanctioned countries here, but even the countries around that were doing business with them. Now they're seeing, oh, this is. Um, this is not an ideal situation because what's happening across the borders are affecting us and our economies and and you know we just want to um explore opportunities everywhere uh we're a global business we have uh employees in i think eight countries now right. and and we're spread out globally and that uh um, vision carries to, to our customers. I mean, we want to have customers from everywhere in the world where we can service their markets and, and, um, help them have a better financial life.
0: Fantastic. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm absolutely blown away by all the stuff that you guys are doing. Um sounds like it's quite an adventure so we'll very much hope we'll see you in the awards again this year and hopefully we'll be able to announce on the 15th perhaps some further success 15th of november which is our awards night so thank you very much uh brad desire who is co-founder and ceo of equify it's been brilliant i've very much enjoyed sort of reigniting as I said before the Founders of the Fire podcast to speak with you guys and wish you much continued success um, as blockchain and further areas trailblazers my name is Rose Ross I'm the Chief Trailblazer and Founder of the Tech Trailblazers Awards you can find us at www.techtrailblazers.com follow us on Twitter at Tech Trailblaze and also find us on LinkedIn. Thanks again, Brad. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Thank you, Rose. Thank you for having us.
0: No problem.